Kenny Key Radio Show. I'm your host, Kenny Kenny Key Moore. This is the football fan episode. The football season being right around the corner, I got some guests coming on to join me to talk some football. So instead of getting started with some music, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to introduce the guests that are joining me. First up is Coach Brandon Tidwell. He's the athletic director and head football coach at St. Joseph Academy in St. Augustine, Florida. Coach, welcome to the Any Key Radio Show. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's that, that time of year again, man. It's football's in full swing, and, and as the athletic director, everyone's asking me a million questions. So I, I, I appreciate you getting me away from a real job and, and let me have a good time tonight. Uh, so, so I'm excited about it. For sure, for sure. Glad to have you. Next up is... Uh, joining me again is Darnell Silence. He's a sports writer for the Unfiltered Access website and the host of the Playmakers Blog podcast. Darnell, welcome back on. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back on. Let's talk some football. Yes, sir. And last but not least is my family, Will Moore. He's been on a couple of times spreading knowledge on some serious topics, but he's also an athlete. He's a semi-professional football player in the Minneapolis area and the host of the Chill Time is World Time podcast. Will, welcome back on. How's everything? What's going on, Kevin? It's lovely, man. It's always great to be on your show. Always great to be with family. And uh, uh, as always, any friends in my family, the family is mine as well. So appreciate being on with all you guys. All right, let's get right into it. So, uh, I entitled this episode the Football Fan Episode. And so we're going to kind of talk about some things from a, a fan's perspective. So the first thing I want to talk about is, um, my first question is about being a frustrated fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm a frustrated fan. So I'm going to need some help in this area from you guys. So my question is, who do you believe is the most frustrated fan base in the NFL and in college. So we'll start with Coach first. Who do you think is the most frustrated fan base in the NFL and who's the most frustrated fan base in college? Wow, man, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, first of all, in the NFL, you got to go with the Browns and the Raiders, and they're kind of the two wildest right now. And, and you know this, like, you guys have been around, man. Like, usually the people that are the wildest aren't the toughest. You know, they're the ones that talk the most trash and then get hit in the mouth and they run away. You know what I'm saying? You got like the loud guy in the bar and he gets hit once and someone talks to his back and he runs. And, and uh, the Browns and the Raiders, man, have to be upset because the Raiders had an old tradition uh, of winning for so many years with um, uh, Joe Madden and, and all those Super Bowls that they had. They've had 35 years of just nothing. And they did make the, uh, the Super Bowl uh, when they lost to the Bucks. You know, 20 years ago, however long it's been. But I would say definitely the Raiders, and then after that, the Browns. And, and, and the crazy thing is, and, and my best friend in the world, uh, he was at my wedding and I was at his wedding, is their tight end coach for the Cleveland Browns right now. So I get oh, cool. a lot of access. It was, it was, it was really fun. The old draft night, he was kind of giving me a little, a little heads up who they were uh, drafted. And he spent a lot of time, him and I were together at Florida State when I was there for, for five years as a GA and student assistant. And, and uh, he went to Georgia and I was. Uh, he was in the Rams for a while, managed with he's with Cleveland. But it's uh they're very talented, uh, they they want to win and they're a very passionate uh, fan base and every practice that he's at, man, the place is just crowded right now. So I would say those two teams for the uh, the NFL and and uh, 
college man is like pretty much anything. <laughs> I have a specific name. Uh, I let Darnell and uh, Danelle and, uh, and Will answer this a little bit better than me. And, and uh, I spent some years in, in Mississippi State uh, working for Jackie Sherrill and then I was a former state for Coach Bowden. So I would pretty much say any SEC team must not win. It's probably the most frustrated. Uh, <laughs> It's just that, in my opinion, 
it was really the front office that got in their way and the ownership that got in the way of the team really uh, growing and gelling and progressing the way that they should. A lot of, uh, you know, some terrible decisions and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And then second, I got to go with the Cowboys uh, because I, I guess it's a family thing, you know, because, you know, my cousin Kenny's a big Cowboys fan, my grandfather's a huge Cowboys fan, but at, at your school, I'm spoiled because y'all win so many, too, you know, back when y'all had Emmett and uh, no you know, question about it. No question about it. Back in the, you know, the 90s, you, you guys kind of had it rolling, you know, with Jimmy Johnson in there. And then ever since then, you've had, uh, you've had your ownership really thinking that he knows better and knows what's going on and having his hands, you know, on the franchise too much. I think owners should be just that. Own the team, shut up, move out the way. That's why you hire GMs and front office people and coaches to do the work. Very few. I've seen very few situations where the ownership was very hands-on and, and it worked out uh, very well. Um, as far as college is concerned, I would say number one frustrated uh, team out there, I would have to say my Miami Hurricanes. Um, and, and, and that's from the standpoint that we are spoiled as well. We still, I, I, I can't lie, I'm still bragging and living off the, the dynasty years of the 80s when I was, you know, barely walking, you know, crawling around on the floor and stuff like that. And then, you know, we had this, you know, the second set, uh, uh, you know, when we had Ken Dorsey and crew running, the, you know, quarterback and Andre Johnson and Clinton Portis and crew and, and Willis McGaggy and those guys. And, and so we're just kind of used to winning. And now, you know, we've had, you know, scandal, you know, scandal left and right. I thought we had a, a nice turnaround there. I thought we were going to do something with Larry Shannon took over the program, and that didn't happen. You know, some things kind of went down there. And we've yet to really find a great quarterback. I've always felt that that's something Miami was good for. After, you know, schools like Penn State being able to bring in decent quarterbacks, I thought that was something Miami was going for. And I've not really seen that out of the program. And then second, I really got to go with Florida State. Um, that's because, you know, uh, Willie Tiger's really coming in there, and he's really trying to change the face of the program. He's really trying to change the dynamics of how um, that offense and stuff works. Um, and, he's, and I think he's trying to, uh, you know, instill a, a sort of discipline or whatnot there um, that I don't know if some of those guys, those guys that he has in place right now are kind of used to. And so you start to see some of that, you know, with uh, you know, a supposed leader like DeAndre Francois getting caught up in a lot of stuff. And some of the other players kind of getting in, getting into some stuff, and then you know, they, obviously you know they've been a stalwart, stalwart, and you know, in, in, in the hard college for Walker Thurs, not really making a bowl game and having a losing season, and not just like losing, but losing spectacularly. <laughs> you know, the middle of the road teams like Syracuse, the middle of the road teams like getting just smoked and blown out, and it's just like that's not the FSU that I remember seeing and, and, and the Hurricanes haven't competed against. You know, we used to see those really fast and aggressive Mickey Andrews type teams and, you know, just a, a, a consistent look at pro style offense, a nice, you know, scat back or back there because that could really make things happen. And I just haven't, I just haven't seen the consistency with the program the past couple of years. Um, I think that Willie Tiger is a good coach. I think he's good for the program. And I think if given the time, he can develop uh, the, the type of program that he wants there and bring Florida State back to uh, prominence in the uh, 
in the ACC, but that's just taking them time. Leave the king to put a, a hurricane and a gate on, on the podcast at the same time five minutes before they meet. He wanted to see some drama, that's what it was. <laughs> Absolutely, and I got a, and a FSU coach on the, I got a FSU coach on there too, so I'm, I'm covering all bases. But the whole thing with, the whole thing with the You know, your, 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 your numbers look great, and then when it's time to play the big boy, 
Hey, coach. No, I'm just saying, you know, Notre Dame, like, everyone gives them a hard time. But physically, in that game against Clemson, who we saw what they did to Alabama, like, they could have scored again at the end. They could have ran it up on Alabama. They actually, Notre Dame played better than Alabama. And then, you know, you talk to the SEC. They did. They're like, well, we're tired from the season. Well, you had six weeks to prepare, and you beat everybody in the SEC by, like, 30 points. So you weren't that tired. You know, so like everyone gives Notre Dame a hard time. Listen, go play Georgia, because they play Georgia this year. Go play Southern Cal. Go play Stanford. That's who they're playing. And, and, and they're five games on Purdue, who, by the way, beat Ohio State. And then they play the, you know, no one wants to play Army. Army, they got what out there in Houston. They're always hurt. Army's always hurt for So, like, I'm, and I'm not a Notre Dame guy. Uh, and to be honest, you know, I spent seven years in college football, so I really don't root for anybody anymore. But my AD and I work together, so, you know, I'll Manny and I text quite often, so I love Manny and, and I hope he does well. But, you know, I don't have a, a team, but, like, people give Notre Dame such a hard time, and I'm like, man, like, they're not a bad team, man. They're cupcakes. Or, you know, they're ACC, they're Duke, who, who went to a bowl game and had a top-stitch pick in the, in the draft. So I'm not a big fan of people giving Notre Dame a hard time. Now, it, it was it eight, eight or nine years ago when they got hammered Alabama? Their personnel wasn't great then, but their personnel, when you watch them all year, and even against uh, Clemson in the first half, it was like a tight game. I thought, man, these guys are pretty good up front. So I'm not so sure if Notre Dame's that far off as people think that they are. I, I still, I, 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 it might just be my bias, I still don't want to give them that much credit because I still don't think that they really played. You're a hater, cousin. Just say it. You're a hater. I don't think that they played, you know, very tough. But I will agree with your assessment. On, uh, on SEC fans making an excuse for Alabama. They have plenty of time to to really be prepared and the rest up. And, and the fact that they're in the SEC all year, every season. Those boys are supposed to be equipped to handle that type of beating and, and, and that type of you know, training to go through that type of punishment. You're not supposed to Now all of a sudden it's supposed to, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it be an advantage and why you're such a top-notch program year after year. And then when you get beat up on it, you try to use it as an excuse and say, well, this is why we lost. No, it's one way or the other. So I do agree that, you, you know, Alabama fans or SEC fans can't really use that as an excuse. Let me change the narrative because I'm not one of those SEC fans that gave up you for Alabama's got torch. It was crazy. And Clemson had the topic. Oh, no question. Oh, yeah. Which is you, but you don't say it when you play against Alabama. And it shows. Yeah, they, it's all right. It's all right. And they would know that they did yet. You uh, can beat uh, Michigan, but the thing with Michigan is they always show up against Ohio State. Yeah, you beat Michigan, but it's like Harbaugh ain't, Harbaugh ain't doing nothing to that for anyway.
Virginia Tech last year. Pittsburgh won the ACC championship game. Uh, they're not great, but still, there's no cupcakes in there. Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, and who knows how they didn't know Florida State was going to be bad. Syracuse, who, who had a good showing in the bowl game. At Southern Cal, their schedule. Like, listen, man, the SEC plays four, like, one double. They play Citadel four times a year. You know, and, and like, these guys, their worst teams are, like, Duke and Pitt and Wake Forest, who are, who are pretty good. So I, I, I want to defend Notre Dame and their schedule. Uh, Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Don't worry about the rest of them haters. <laughs> and I, I, I'm honest, man. I have no feelings. I don't listen to the Canes or the Bulls or the Gators or Notre Dame, but I try to give a, an opinion uh, and, and stick up for the faith. They naturally get hammered because they get a lot of the run, too. They do. So so that's one thing I got to give Notre Dame credit. They, they, they play mostly, you know, out by faith. Absolutely correct with that. 
It's strategic for sure. So uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. So if you, who do you think out of these teams we talked about uh, and their frustrated fan base, who do you think is going to be the first team to win a championship? You talking about NFL or, or yeah, college? NFL and college. The teams that we've talked about, the teams that we talked about in NFL and college that has the most frustrated fan bases, who do you think is going to be the first team to win a championship? If Jerry Jones really took a step back like you say he did, Dallas is really made to make that to make that shift. They have all the pieces together. And the reason I say that is because that core group has kind of been there. Yep, Cleveland has made some moves, but I'm always a firm believer in, in team chemistry. You know, even, you know, at the semi pro level, you know, where I play at when I you know, we switch teams and stuff like that. You know, chemistry it does a lot. Oh for know, sure. You know, at, at, at every level. And you know, Cleveland got a lot of weapons, but it's going to take some time for those guys to gel. Um, and then with the Raiders, I still don't think they have enough pieces. I think Dallas right now is ready made for that. They have the defense. They have the, the, the key pieces on offense. It's whether or not they make the necessary signings, put things together the way they're supposed to this year, and Jerry Jones really stays out of the way. I think if you look at numbers and percentages, it would, I, I think if you're, if you're gambling man, you have to put your money on Dallas. What do you say, Coach? You know, it's, it's, to me in the NFL, it's, it, it's really four things. It's the, it's the owner of one, um, it, it, and then what you got to talk about, like the GM and all that. Like, what, what is your ownership like? Uh, next after that is your, is your quarterback, and then it's head coach, and then it's how are you on defense. And really, I, 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 I looked in the defense and the offensive line. Uh, together, I think you know out of all those teams we talked about the Browns and the Raiders, and you, you got to go with the Dallas as the best team. I kind of I kind of look at it as a as, as a coach. Like what if I was in the NFL and, and coach and was an owner or whatever? Like I would be like, what are the Patriots doing? And whatever they're doing, like I would kind of yeah. myself. And, and, and you do have like a, the best quarterback of all time, and probably the best head coach of all time. But oh, absolutely. So they signing a bunch of wideouts or they signing what what are they doing? How are they doing the draft and things like that? Out of the teams we discussed, I would go Dallas because you know Garrett's not the best, but he's consistent. Uh, the quarterback play is not bad, and he's got great weapons around him. And the offensive line is quite exceptional in the league. Uh, uh, yeah, on, on course to it. Uh, and then defensively, then they've got some good pieces too. So out of the Browns, Raiders, and Cowboys, you would have to be the Cowboys if that chance of win the Super Bowl. Go ahead, Other than that, 
The Chargers, they don't got nothing for anybody. They need this long during the game. So let me get a home advantage for the Chargers. You got Kansas City and you got New England. You still got Kansas City and New England. So are you picking the Browns? I gotta go with Cleveland, man. Oh, man. Oh, you reaching. They oh, just came together. Yeah, you're reaching on that one. The NFC is difficult. It's just like four, five different teams that can come out of that conference. There's only like two or three. I agree, but they just put that team together. I'm sorry. I thought you said the pick between the three teams that we discussed the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the. And the final the Cowboys out of those three. Now, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl now. Just so you know. Coach, you were just with me. What happened? They're running about 30 and 80. That's the conference. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl, but I think they have the best shot at it. I just do. I hear what you're saying about the, the, the different teams that, that are there. But if it's, it's about winning a Super Bowl. Consistently, every just about every year, the Winners in that championship game is hard to beat, man. You know, I think Kansas City is on the rise. I think oh, for sure. That I think I think if they actually retool that defense the way they should, their core, their core group of players will be there for quite some time. They just have the recipe in New England. You know, if Jacksonville figures that offense out and the defense gets their head back together. Um, like they were a couple years ago and stopped playing so it's like undisciplined. Dude, that's just as many teams that you got to run the gauntlet with to the AFC as the NFC. This is true. This is and true. And I think the AFC actually has more pedigree just with uh, just looking at New England itself. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about the NFL teams. So out of the college teams that we talked about, which one do you think? has the uh, best chance of winning a championship or, the, or would be the first out of the ones we talked about? Florida, bitch. Because I don't, I don't believe, I believe last year was just a number. That would not happen again at Florida State. They ain't going to get recruits no matter what they name. Uh, I got to see two more recruiting seasons out of Florida State before I put that. Because yeah, they got to build that program. The, the players that he had, the players that Willie Tiger had, like, I don't think necessarily, at least to me, didn't necessarily look like they fit his system, and it didn't necessarily seem like their personality types or whatever fit the type of the guys that he wanted on the team. And so for that, I think there's just going to be there's going to be some some rebuilding there, um, and I I can't see uh, uh, I can't see FSU getting that that quick like that. So what would you pick? Well, I mean. So he's picking on the day one side of us, too. One side of us, too. I mean, what we say, what, Florida State, Notre Dame, 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 It's all the way. Notre Dame never has a problem scoring. They just can't stop anybody. 
So it's, there's never a problem with the offense. Usually Notre Dame can score with pretty much any team in the country. It's just the defense, and that's my problem with Brian Kelly. They never, they never can catch the defense. Yeah. I don't, that, that's my problem. So I don't know. Uh, you know, he's not the best recruiter, and, and I've known some guys who have worked for him that 
And uh, but you're gonna get enough guys that have that for it to to win. And not only how good Georgia last year, the bowl game against Michigan. Well, Michigan had four of their first round picks didn't play, which is a which is a big deal. But they, I think they're they're very well prepared. I think he's a like I said, I think he's an underrated coach. But personally, I think he's top five in the country. Like what he did with Urban Meyer, I know they had good players, but he was fantastic. And then. Listen, man, I spent two years of my life in Starkville, Mississippi. Um, and then you had the grad assistant, and it is hard to win there. Like, there ain't nothing around there. They shut everything down at midnight in the town, so there's no nightlife. And there's, it's, it's intense there, man. And for him to go there and to be ranked number one in the country for seven straight weeks, not only in Dak Prescott, a two-star recruit, and he turned into something, but, like, they were ranked number one in the country for seven straight weeks. Who 
don't who don't have uh, that experience playing football. And to be honest, I, I'm going to go as far as to say it's, it's a handicap to play fantasy football and be an ex-football player or be somebody that's really, you know, like a coach or something like that. Because it almost, I think to be great at fantasy football, like you can't think of that mindset. And we're so conditioned to think of, think of football from the, from the mind of an offensive player or a defensive player or a coach. The, the things that it takes to win fantasy football, the analytics type of skills that it takes, you know, looking at numbers and, you know, picking up and dropping players, you know, you know, for this moment and that moment, stuff like that, that doesn't come to us, like, instinctively. And so I think that's why it's picked up. It's really, it just, it has more of an appeal to everybody. Any and everybody can pick up and do it, and they feel like that they can actually be a part of the game that way. At least that's, that's my belief about it. What do you say, Coach? No, I agree, man. Like, the, the biggest thing, you know, and I, I do play, like, I don't play every year. I don't play this year with a group of buddies around, but um, one, one thing is, like, people, what are the draft teams or whatever, there's a, there's a lot of money in it. Uh, and any time you bet, and I think that's one reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. NFL so No doubt about it. That, that there's some people betting on everything. They're betting on the coin toss. They're betting on this. And there's so much money involved. So, like, I think the betting part of it is, is huge and the money that people put into it and, 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 and like you just said a second ago, man, like you, it's almost like you're the head coach of this team uh, and, you, and you're talking trash and you're with your buddies and, and, uh, and, and listen, man, like if we were to play pickup basketball right now and I played this play, like I'm diving for who's I'm in my 40s, you know, but like I'm not, I'm not very good anymore, but like I'm going to try to beat my buddy uh, because that's a life, you know, lifetime trash talking and and um, so I think there's so much in it between the betting, between you thinking you're the coach and like you're really trying to get a strategy to get your team, and then like you want to beat your buddies who are in there with you. I think there's like three elements that go into it. I think that's why it's so popular. For sure. Go ahead, Donnell. Pretty much, I'm gonna make it this. Everybody can be they Jerry though. Let me talk to Yeah, no, that is true. The DM and the coach are the same you can pick wherever you want to pick. You can start wherever you want to start. You can trade. You can make trade. You can do everything. Everything is in your is in the palm of your hand when it comes to that. So when you get in these leagues and you do these drafts, you know, you can fan do a draft team, and money is involved, it adds even more to it. As my fact, when money is involved, it goes up exponentially. Then. But it's something that everybody can get into. Not everybody have a have a reason to get into football now. And that's why football is going as the largest sport in in the United States. Because it's pretty much you can gamble with football now. While watching it. Yeah, definitely. I think you guys all hit on onto it. I think one other thing, um, is the draft part of it is you, you know, kind you get a chance to kind of be your own GM. And, you know, a lot of times, like, Donnell and I are in the league together, and you have these draft parties, and then you get together and you're talking trash and you're making picks and, you know, you're talking trades and stuff like that. So you really feel like you're actually a general manager of a team. So I just think it gives everybody kind of a, a, a peek into or give them an opportunity to to feel like they're an actual part of the NFL. And then also I think it makes the – Watching the games more fun because you know if you're a fan of a team, then normally like you know I'm a Cowboys fan, so of course I'm gonna watch Cowboys games. But when I'm a 
when I'm a fantasy GM, I'm looking at all the games that my players are playing on. So, you know, a Giants versus Jaguars game is not going to mean much to me. Uh, it'll mean a lot more, though, if I got, you know, Nick Foles as my quarterback. You know what I mean? So it just makes the watching experience, I think, a little more fun because if you got players that are playing in the game that's on your team, you're going to watch those games just to see how your players are doing. The best fantasy story I've ever heard, now, I can't remember the tight end. Now, he played for the Redskins for a bunch of years. He kind of looked like an H-back and a tight end. And Chris Cooley? Anyway, he was in the Super Bowl. Oh, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Chris Cooley? Uh-huh. He was a yeah, pro bowler for a couple of years, too. Uh, yeah, he might have been Cooley. Um, it is. That's it. So he was in the Super Bowl his fantasy team, and he went against himself, who was on the other team. And in the Super Bowl, he scored like four touchdowns that night. you guys been on me. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, what has been your most memorable and most heartbreaking memory in fantasy football? Well, I, uh, I, I, I go first. Uh, so, kids, I don't know if you're going to play. It was my second year in the legal job, and the first year, I was dominant until I got to play a lot of like 13 and 1 and then I was first but, but the second year, I did it again. I'm like 12 and 2. And I'm turning around to set my mind to play. I'm going to get some division star. Who doesn't care? Who care less about football? Who care less about football? But she didn't want to do it one good time. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her time. I'm thinking, I'm saying, maybe I'm going to see him. And I'm looking like, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm about to lose. And then he went on the way the whole thing. <laughs> like I said, it's the people who don't, don't know. know. They don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. Now, the greatest woman, uh, I didn't do it last year, because uh, we usually do three leagues, but last year, you know, we did a league of, we did one league of 20 people. And, and a league of 20 people, I'm scoring so many points. Nobody, nobody understand why I'm scoring these many points. I went on ahead and took, and took on the church. He did, he did. Scoring 200 points a game. He did. That's, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, for me, the, the best one is, so I have a little strategy. And, and not that it works. Like, I'm always pretty deep in the playoffs. I've won a couple of Super Bowls. I always try to draft like a, like a team that's going to score a lot of points. I always try to get their quarterback first. Uh, and then I try to come back later as soon as I can. You can get the running back if he's good. 
or that are wide out, like they're big play wide out. So my strategy is like every snap, if I've got the if I've got the quarterback, the wide out, the running back all in the same day, that's gotta be like a Saints, a Packers, a, a, a Patriots. Every snap I'm getting points. Either they're handing the ball off to my guy or Brady's throwing and there's a shot that we might hit up connect. So the best one is that one year I drafted Brady versus seven, eight, nine years ago. And then my next pick, I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take a guy named Randy Moss. Who hadn't had a couple of years. You got to go Oh, yeah. That was that year he had like 20-something touchdowns. It was nuts, man. It was like five minutes for every game. So I, I take Brady and I come back and get Moss in the second round. My buddy's like, what an idiot. He hadn't been good in three years. I'm like, man, we've got a different duty, so they don't throw the ball to him. And then I didn't get no, I can't remember who it was, but I can't remember who the running back was. I didn't get no running back. You know, I lit the league up because it was, it was that year they weren't on the record and then the bus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my, uh, probably my, my high right there. I got you. Somebody tried, somebody tried it on me. I think he's the last year or two years ago. I don't think I was going to go. I was got King Father Summer. They had, they had Alex Moe, Kareem Hunt, uh, um, Hill, and Kelsey. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to do that though. Yeah, it's hard to do that. It didn't work. It didn't work because I don't want that call. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Okay, well. I'll, I'll tell you my mine was the worst. The worst loss ever. So I wound up one week um, happened to be matched up with one of my old teammates' wives. You know, going to get her. She doesn't really have. She didn't have a terrible lineup, but nothing spectacular, right? So I put things in order. I did, I'm, I'm using my football break, right? And I'm like, okay, they're going against this defense. <laughs> I got my right? Three of my starters get hurt. No. And then one of the people I started, I forgot how to buy it. I lost accurately. I'm talking about, I was out of the running within, like it seemed like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Man. It was, it was, it was a bloody Most memorable one was 
it was one year uh, I had my own league in Yahoo, and uh, one of my cousins got a, got in the league, and he came in talking a whole lot of trash, you know, about how great he is, this, this, and that, and um, you know, I started off kind of slow. I think I started off like one and three, and he was talking, and he started off like four and zero. Oh. And so he's talking all this noise, you know, this league is so easy, this, this, and that, and your, your team is trash, and da-da-da-da-da. And I went on a run and won, like, nine straight games and won the Super Bowl. So, for me, that was my most memorable one. But that, 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 uh, that Eddie Lacy, man, that, that one still burns me to this day. <laughs> it really does. I'm still how you yeah, it's always the it's always the to me it's always the ones that the, the heartbreaking ones that that stick with you longer than the the actual wins. Oh, you know the bad when you know you know the bad when your whole team didn't play and you just know like yeah it's 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 done. I think that's how it is in any competition though. Is it the worst? You know, always the worst losses were always always. Great group of guys, love playing with. 
you know, I get selected to the Cinderella Pro Bowl again this year like I was last year. But it's a game I love. I know, you know, pretty soon here I'll probably keep it up and just kind of, because I have, you know, a great career in public health that I, you know, focusing on it as well. And I don't know, I would kind of like to get into coaching, man. Uh, I like kind of seeing the youngsters kind of really like, you know, get into the game. And I just like seeing, I like seeing kids develop. I like seeing kids have an opportunity to do something. You know, to get on the street and then seeing the growth of them, man. I think that I think that's the educate, educator side of my family. Um, to, 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 to to see that that positivity and that growth out of, out of kids. And then uh, the podcast, you know, I'm taking a hiatus from it still kind of full time. Um, obviously, anybody it's available on any platform. Um, talk about anything from politics, fashion, social justice, sports, current events. I'm taking a hiatus from it just because I've been so busy with uh, my consulting firm and in football and uh, just my work, my work in public health. It's only have so much time for, you know, so, you know, so many things. But um, I do have an episode in the queue to actually put out uh, release here pretty soon, publish here pretty soon. Cool. So I'll be doing that. Um, but as always, man, I just like to say, you know, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity and, and coming and join you and your crew uh, on the show. You know, I always love and support the show. Uh, miss you at the family reunion, but, you know, I hope to see you at the next one. And, for sure. and I appreciate, you know, uh, you, you know, the other two guests, you know, it was great kind of being on here with you guys and, you know, success and, uh, and good vibes to the both of you uh, this year as you, as you continue on with things. Definitely. And Darnell, uh, tell people uh, where they can find your uh, writing work on Unfiltered Access and shout out your podcast. And, um, now, uh, time to wrap up the show with the any key music moment. Football season has started and fans everywhere are excited to watch and root for their teams. Everyone is feeling the same way for the most part. They are optimistic about the possibilities this new season is going to produce. Life is the same way. When a new season begins in life, we have a positive outlook that is going to go well. As fans, we believe that whatever happened in the last season isn't going to carry over into this new season. That's the same mindset we need to use for our new seasons in life. It's a new season with new possibilities that's going to work for us. In football, there can only be one champion. But in life, we can all be champions if we manage our season properly. That's it for this episode of the NQ Radio Show. I want to thank my guests, Coach Brandon Titwell, 
Darnell Silence, and Will Moore for joining me. If you have any questions, comments, would like to be a part of the show, or if you want your music to be featured on the show, send an email to kanmmusicpub at gmail.com. Again, that's kanmmusicpub at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, and rate on whatever outlet you listen to let me know what you think of the show and so you can get alerts when new episodes are available. You can connect to me on social media at Coach underscore A-N-Y-K-E-N-Y on Twitter and Instagram and on my Facebook music page, Any Key Music, spelled capital A-N-Y, capital K-E, lowercase b, lowercase n, and capital Y. So until next time, remember, be positive on purpose. Thank <laughs> you.